Hello, come and join us for a tricky conversation. I'm Sandra, I'm black, and I'm here with my friend Sally, she's white. That's me. We've invited you to listen into our conversation because talking is our contribution to the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter has shown just how much we must listen to and learn from each other. We wanted to do something real, and one thing we think we're not bad at is talking to each other about difficult stuff. Yeah. We wanted to show that it's possible to talk about our experiences of prejudice and discrimination without feeling like we're walking on eggshells. So we're going to talk about Sandra's experience of racism, my experience of homophobia, and see where it leads us. You're welcome to join us. So the title of this podcast is If Only, and um, it's our chance to talk about those times when, if only, we'd been able to say to challenge someone, to say, no, don't say that, or why did you say that, or, you know, just engage with someone about the thing that's offended us. And we, because you and I have talked about these issues before, and we've talked about just how hard we find it Mm -hmm. to challenge people. Tell me why you find it hard. Um, I think that... This is all um, historic, really, because when when I was younger, um, it was a lot to do with your own confidence, your own self-esteem, whether you had that confidence to say to somebody, actually, I'm offended by that, or that was wrong. But, you know, in actual fact, if you think about um, years ago, and for me, challenging discrimination was actually, um, I would say you were treading on dangerous territory, actually, because, um, you know, the first thing you were accused of doing was playing the race card. And um, if it wasn't that, then you had a great big chip on your shoulder. So whenever there was banter or, you know, something that was inappropriate, you should take it in the spirit and not challenge it and carry on. So I think that that's where the difficulty in challenging stems from. Not to mention that it's, you know, unless the discrimination or the racism is blatant and and direct, it's very hard to prove Um, and then you are putting yourself in a difficult situation because a lot of the times it would actually or it could backfire and how much strength in my own character did I have to continue to challenge a statement or an action to prove that I was right that was racism or that was discrimination so it's not simple I, I can so see what you're saying. And, and also, somehow you then become responsible for, I don't know, changing the mood. You know, everybody's having a fun time and you're changing the mood. Or 
everybody's working fine together and you're suddenly making it difficult. You know, it, it becomes your responsibility rather than the responsibility of the person who said it. And, and you've made the point, and that's exactly the point. And especially, you know, in whatever circumstance or situation you're in, whether it's a work or a social group, where you're feeling that you want to belong to that group, in wherever, whatever that is, and then you're the one who's calling someone out. So you're the one that's made the atmosphere. You're the one that's changed the goalpost in terms of, you know, what's going on in that dynamic. And it all comes back to you. So, you know, that those are some of the reasons why, um, you know, racism, discrimination is, is very hard to challenge. And not to mention, you know, institutionalized racism obviously is not something that you can challenge on your own. Um, and, and that's a more difficult one to shift, even though the impact of that is greater, you know, on people's lives. And all of that um, sort of plays into the discussions we've had before about visibility and invisibility, because you just have to deal with these things all the time. You've got no choice. My choice is to avoid having those difficulties that you've described by being invisible, you know, so if people don't know I'm a lesbian, then I'm not going to have to deal with stuff that they say. However, though, I know that we, we have talked about, you know, something that, an incident that's happened to you, and um, although, yes, you can remain invisible in terms of that part of your identity, you know, there are people that are saying all sorts of things at any time, especially when they don't realise that you may come under the category of the, the exactly. you know, the mar remark that they're making. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell the story. Yeah, I, I was, I think the thing that you're referring to is when I was in a workplace and um, uh, we had a staff room which then had a sort of cloakroom where we put our coats. And I'd gone to hang up my coat and... Um, it meant that I was standing sort of in between two young women who were having a conversation. So they, I was more or less invisible to them. I wasn't part of their conversation. I was just taking my coat off where they were. And um, they were two young black women and they were talking about Barack Obama and they were saying how great he was. They really liked him. Then they said, but... Um, the one thing I couldn't stand with Barack Obama is how he said we should accept gay people. I mean, I just think, one of them said, I just think they're disgusting. Mm. And it was like a blow to my heart. It was mm. horrible. Mm. And I managed to kind of mutter, no, I don't agree, and sort of fled. I fled the room and went somewhere else and started crying. And I am not a crying person. And started crying. Mm. Um, you know, I'm old enough to be the grandmother of these two young women. And um, anyway, so I thought, should I say something within the organisation? And the organisation was very committed to equalities. And, you know, one of their prin strong principles was challenging prejudice and discrimination. Anyway, I didn't want to raise it. I was embarrassed. I just, you know, I thought, oh, let's let it lie. But anyway, I phoned my partner and she put some backbone into me and mm. said, you've got to raise it. You've got to raise it because otherwise nothing changes. So 
I did raise it and the organisation was great. So they asked me how I wanted it dealt with because I didn't want these young women, they were volunteers like I was a volunteer, I didn't want them thrown out. Mm -hmm. I just wanted them talked to. And so they were talked to and they said, well, this is what they were taught in their church. That was their explanation. And when this was reported back to me, I thought, oh, were they going to say, so we said, well, fair enough. But they didn't say, well, fair enough. They said, if you're going to volunteer here, you have to adhere to our principles. If you don't want to do that, you don't need to volunteer here. But, you know, anyway, um, one of the young women came to see me and apologised. And we were both crying. And I think she it hadn't occurred to her yeah. that she would cause the hurt that she caused exactly yeah and um you know first of all i would say that you were still brave to make that decision because in a workplace you don't know what the repercussions may have been you know in terms of um you know how other people felt or the challenge but you absolutely did the right thing and, you know, obviously without knowing how these young women felt, I'm guessing that it was a big learning curve for them too. Um, but I think the the important, the other important bit of that story is, well, A, they were prepared to hear what was said to them. That yeah. was really good. Mm. But also, I felt I could trust the organisation to respond properly. If I'd been in a different organisation, I don't know if I would have said anything. If I'd have thought that I would have raised it with the people who ran it and they'd have said, well, something dismissive, then I might not have raised it at all. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was you having some trust in, you know, where, where you worked at the time. Unfortunately, you know, that's not always the case. Exactly. Um, you know, that you're able to get the support that you need, um, you know, when these things happen. And a lot of the time um, you're facing discrimination in everyday life, in social situations where there's no one to back you up. And it's left to you to decide whether what you've seen or heard is something that you should challenge. So has that happened? Well, um, you know, I'm just thinking about an example, um, and this was recently um, in in the lockdown situation where I was in a local supermarket and, um, you know, everyone was new to the markers on the floor so that we could social distance in the queues in the shop. And um, there was a white man and a a black man in the queue together and I could hear the white man um, trying to explain um, to the black man that you know he wasn't standing on the marker where he should and you could see he was quite aggravated about this and the black man was looking down and you could see he didn't really understand what was going on and eventually um, I think he got the idea that you know I'm supposed to be standing on this marker so I can social distance and um, the white man was obviously very aggravated by him not understanding and he said to him you know, why don't you just go back to where you came from? And it was a really outrageous statement to make. I mean, I've not actually heard anyone say something like that 
for years. Um, and he said it out aloud, other people could hear. People were embarrassed by that um, statement. You know, people were just looking away. And um, I was next to him in the queue. And it so happens that I had my mobile in my hands because I was, um, you know, listening through my headphones to um, something on my mobile. And I actually was so disgusted with him. Um, I started pointing my phone at him so that he would think that I was recording him and that might stop him if he was going to continue. Um, but in actual fact... I didn't say anything, no one else did. And so that statement went unchallenged. In hindsight, would I have done anything different? I think in that situation, I have to say, probably I wouldn't. You know, this was a stranger, a man that I'd never met, never seen before, will probably never see again. And I, and I just think that somebody with that kind of mentality wouldn't have learned anything at all from a challenge, even if it was, you know, a, a polite, gentle, sensitive challenge. Um, I, I completely understand why you wouldn't say something because you, you don't know about your safety in that situation. On the other hand, what you're describing is a man who has bullied a shop full of people you know, because, it, and it's just horrible, isn't it? He gets the liberty to say something vile like that. Mm -hmm. And by being aggressive and nasty, he bullies people into fearing what would happen if they were to say, no, don't do that. So it's really... It's a horrible experience. It must have been a horrible experience. Well, yes, it was. And, uh, you know, thinking about it, I think that he'd done that for, for the shock factor. It probably wasn't the first time he's ever said that before. And he realises that it doesn't get a reaction. Um, and, you know, what people take away from that is, you know, you just, you walk away thinking, you know, are there still people who were thinking like that? Um yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my, if only, uh, experiences goes back to um, when my parents and my sister and I went to a wedding anniversary of uh, another family who, we, as a family, we were very close to. And the, 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 although our families were close, the principal relationship was my father and the husband. Anyway, so speeches were being made. There was a lot of people there. We, the hotel had been booked, you know, sort of room full of people. And um, the husband was making a speech and talking about individual people, the way people do wedding anniversaries. I think it was a golden wedding anniversary, so there was lots of looking back. And he started talking about my mother. And he started stereotyping her in terms of being Jewish. So I think, I can't remember if he said how she was, that she was Jewish, but he went on to talk about, the, the bit that I remember was him talking about her being mean. And so not only is that a vile stereotype, in terms of my mother, it's the opposite of the truth. So she was the kind of person who would give you the coat off her back. 
And indeed, she had been very generous with this family, really generous. So it was horrible. It was just horrible. And we're sitting there. And I, um, the way we were sitting round tables, I was actually looking at my mother who had, her face was just um, yeah. flat, as yeah. it were, you know. And you could see people, there was an uncertain laughter in the room, um, you know, and people looking at my mother to see, to get a clue as to how they were meant to react. She did nothing with her face. But, you know, my sister and I afterwards said we should have left the room at that point. It was horrible. And what was even worse was um, this guy's son made a speech subsequently where somehow he'd been emboldened to also make anti-Semitic statements. It's like, oh, well, if my dad will say it, I'll say it. Anyway, it was a terrible experience. And really, it needed my father to say to the guy that was out of order and I said to my father you need to say to him that was out of order and he wouldn't and my father I think I've said before he was absolutely committed to equalities he was committed to challenging discrimination Mm -hmm. in the public sphere but suddenly when it was about him and someone he wanted to maintain a relationship with Mm -hmm. he didn't say a word and nothing was said and then After quite a long time, I was talking to this guy's daughter and she brought it up. She said, how did your mum feel about that? And I said, it was terrible. So people had known, people had seen it, but nobody felt they could say anything. And then she raised it with her parents and then her parents apologised to my mother. This must have been years afterwards. It was, it was such a shocking experience, and but seeing my mother trying to contain it on her face, and us not knowing, you know, nobody knew what to do, yeah. and it was explicit and horrible. But that Sally is the perfect example of, you know, how really people we react. Um, nobody wants to cause more embarrassment um you know you're hoping that it went unnoticed um and i think that generally that's what people are like it's that you know laughing at that embarrassing moment because what else are you gonna do um maybe it would sound like an appropriate joke to make but no it wasn't at all and um you know, again, just how you unchallenge situations. And it, it, but it takes its toll on us, doesn't it? You know, when, when it's the, the bad things that hold sway, you know, when, when what we're left with, it's a bit like Donald Trump being in the room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somehow that he's setting the framework and it's not right. You, do you know, I, I'm just thinking, Sally, going back um, to many years ago, um, probably I think in, in the 80s, um, when I was younger, and I, I think we've discussed this before, and I, had, um, I was doing some work with the local authority, and I was representative for um, young children in care, and I would need to attend official appointments. 
and um, you know on a few occasions when I turned up at a police station for an official appointment um, the officers at the reception desk would um, ask me what time was I bell to return now um, you know in fact, that was, I think I was going to say you could laugh at it now, but really it's not no, laughable it's because, not laughable. you know, that's a really negative assumption about a young black woman who's turned up to do her job, but instead the assumption about me was that I was a criminal. Mm. And I can honestly say on, there was, on those occasions... I, I, I never challenged, I, I never challenged, I just explained who I was and I could see the embarrassing look on their faces and I would just carry on. But I'd have to say, again, with hindsight, now that would definitely be a challenge and, um, you know, even if that challenge started with, well, actually, that was a very inappropriate assumption that you have made mm. about me. And, um, you know, I think that would be a well-deserved way to start that conversation. Yeah. Um, but many of the challenges that I would make now, you know, the, the times were different um, then about challenging again, like I said, you know, it's the race card or you've got a chip on your shoulder or you couldn't take the joke or, you know, you have misread the situation. And, you know, if you had the strength of character to put up the fight that it needed against that, then you would do it. Unfortunately, I didn't. Do you think it does come more naturally to young people now to say, cut it out? Oh, yes. I, yeah, I, I definitely w would say that. I mean, you know, not also with, with things moving on. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about Black Lives Matter and... Um, there's more awareness now um, and people are being more open about their experiences and um, you know people are understanding more and more what's appropriate and what's not appropriate so yeah I would say the younger generation are you know are um, challenging the things that definitely I let go mm. well that I mean that's a positive note to end on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That there is some hope. Yeah, <laughs> movement. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. There yeah. is some movement. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I'm still going to say there's there's not enough, and it's the reason we're having these conversations. But there, there's definitely. Yeah. Some I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is the movement is in saying enough's enough. Yes, that's where there's movement. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. We've come to that point. Mm. So we'll leave that conversation there on that cautiously optimistic note. Please do join us for our last conversation called Passing the Baton, where we think a bit more about what the future holds. See you then. Bye bye. <laughs>